All right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, so uh, let me uh, switch over and I'll still work on some stuff while I talk to you guys. What up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Marie Shadows of the Square Circle Podcast. Um, we're going to be doing a live podcast episode uh, just talking about everything that's been happening um, in wrestling and the fact that, uh, you know, AEW has been making matches and like all morning long, um, Tony Khan has definitely been just dropping these random matches. And I'm like, I don't understand. Why are they here? You know, why do we have random matches? Like, it makes no sense. Then again, I do want to thank everybody here for tuning in on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. If you guys are listening to this on the audio version, um, you guys will be able to hear it on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast from there on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find your uh, podcasts uh, from. So, yeah, originally I wanted to probably start off with the AEW releases, uh, which is just, I guess, one. Um, I don't know if there's any other, but so far it has definitely just been uh, Marco Stunt that has decided to like not renew his contract. Um, you know, we all saw this coming. We all knew that eventually this was going to happen. And essentially you will call it a release. Um, if you do not want to uh, like, you know, resign uh, and you want to go elsewhere, you basically got released from the company. Like they let you go you decided to go no matter how you want to try to phrase it i know there's people on twitter that are just like oh there's a difference between getting released and like you know um not renew your contract technically you're still sort of released because you know you're go out into the world and you do whatever you want to do you're no longer working there it's the same way like if you want to think about it as like a regular nine to five job uh you know when you don't want to stay uh for like you know another year or whatever and you know you're like hey my my contract is about up you know i want to go elsewhere technically they're like all right we'll grant you your release to go somewhere i mean you could think of it like that with marco stunt that like you know uh he didn't want to um basically uh stay so he went I think the words can be sort of interchangeable depending on how you use it. But if we're going to give WWE all this shit about, hey, you released all these guys, uh, you released them from their contract because you wanted like, you know, the rest of the money back. Uh, you know, we should probably use it for, for AEW. AEW should not get a um, a free pass. Uh, there's a lot of things that AEW gets as a free pass. And I'm like, it's not right to have. AEW get a free pass and WWE basically doesn't get a free pass and AEW is like the devil amongst devils in professional wrestling and that's that's wrong. Yes, WWE does have its flaws, but that doesn't mean that, you know, um another company can just, you know, get a free pass for for certain things. Uh, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't I don't have Marco stunt Marco stunt up on the uh you know, uh, I guess the picture area, uh, cause I was going to go get it. But as far as I know, to my knowledge, that's like the only one that decided to like, not resign with the company to not, uh, go, but apparently like, you know, 
AEW Talent Relations, which I found out it's basically Christopher Daniels. And I remember when AEW started, um, basically like, you know, um, I remember there was like talk about him being talent relations anyway, but then again to like really hear it again and like, yeah, he is talent relations, you know, Tony Khan just needs a team. I don't know how many times I could come on, you know, live stream and definitely be like, hey, um, you need a team, you need a team, you need a team. If you were willing to get a team for the Jaguars, so that way you could spend less time analyzing numbers for a football team to focus on AEW, why can't you do the same thing in AEW? You'll be giving a lot more ordinary people like myself and others who don't want like a nine to five job and, you know, would love to work in professional wrestling. You will give them jobs the same way that he hands out contracts like water. It's the same way that he could do so with ordinary people who aren't wrestlers and don't want to take bumps because I quite frankly, frankly don't want to take bumps. Um, I tried taking bumps. They did not go so well. So yeah, you know, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it at, um, that, uh, I'm not very good at taking bumps. I can always try. I could always do it, but yeah, you know, um, I'm not good at taking bumps. Uh, other than that, like, I have nothing else to really uh, say on the whole thing of Marco Stunt not, um, you know, re-signing or anything like that. Um, but what I would like to say is that, you know, AW fans do need to stop. And I've seen it slow down a lot where um, basically... Uh, People would be like, oh, my God, this person is a game changer. That person is a game changer and all this kind of stuff. And I'm here like, what makes this person a game changer? The only way that it makes them a game changer is if, like, you know, they're really going to be put towards the forefront and really push stories, really push tickets, really push merchandise sales and be at the forefront. Currently, right now, we have, you know, the undisputed elite which if that doesn't tell you that they want to capitalize on something great that happened in NXT, you know, that, that that's very telling rather than making something completely new, they're going to continue to go with nostalgia and what made the undisputed era really great in NXT, take it over to AEW. And I see that as a red flag because if you can't come up with something more interesting, more clever than your competition, rather than just bringing over some used goods, then like, what's really the, the, the point of that? Um, I don't have, I don't have the picture for that. I could get the picture for that. I was going to jump into dynamite, but we will be having a undisputed elite uh celebration um you know and it's very very weird it's like i remember that they took the belts um they stole the belts basically um from adam cole took hangman's belt and in that picture it looks like bobby fish and kyle O'Reilly also took the tag team belts away from i'm guessing they had they had to take it from uh, Jurassic Express. But then again, it's like, why would you allow your baby faces to be undermined like that? Like, that's like, 
to me like a cartoonish type of shit where it's um hey Aussie Lucian welcome 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 to the chat welcome to the stream um but yeah I would consider it sort of like you know a cartoon episode where um you know I don't know why I want to say like you know Elmer Fudd would like take something that one of the other characters would be unsuspecting of it to try to do this correlation of um of like what what, what am I looking for so do this correlation of like the undisputed elite taking the the belts away from the baby faces uh you sort of you sort of make your baby faces look stupid if you do that uh which basically it, it happened um and again, it just make your it makes your baby faces look stupid because it's like, you know, at least have the baby faces be a little bit smarter, um, you know. But like I said, I really think that we should not be having um, the undisputed elite. You know, we should be having something fresh, something new, where like you know, it makes sense rather than trying to bring over, um, use goods from, uh, you know, WWE all the way to AEW. Uh, cause then this is why AEW gets the rep of it's WWE 2.0. It's NXT 2.0. It's just a bunch of WWE guys because they're doing the same thing in order to keep ratings and they're not doing anything new. Yes, you guys can definitely make the argument that there is um, the four pillars, uh, there's young guys coming up, but who are we talking about in this situation more than anybody else? We're not talking about Jurassic Express. We barely talk about Darby unless he's with Sting and Sting is jumping off of um, high places and landing on tables. Um, we talk about Sammy and Tay because they're fucking annoying. Um, we talk about, but, but Sammy and Tay are like the exception. Um, you know, I sort of forget that who is the day one guys, because all the WWE guys have come in and like overshadowed them with their star power. And that's technically not how you build, um, you know, the, your foundation, your foundation needs to stand because what happens if like, you know, all the WWE guys decide to go their separate ways and decides to be like, hey, Tony, I had a very great time. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to go elsewhere or they want to spend time with their family and they don't resign. What happens when all those WWE guys that got the forefront spotlight when they leave? How is AEW going to recover? Like, that's the biggest thing. Um, we saw it, it happen with, uh, you know, TNA when they got most of those... Uh, X WWE, X WCW guys in there, and then like creative control was like all over the place. Um, and it sort of almost died, and then it came back to life. Like, you know, maybe that might be the path of AEW, but you know, with AEW digging their fingers into having Ring of Honor and partnering up with DDT and still having the partnership with New Japan and maybe a little bit of impact. I don't know about that one, but it just seems like these are all big flexes and nothing really gets thought out. You know, like I say that Tony Khan buying uh, ring of honor was definitely a fucking flex. 
there, there was nothing to that. He was just like, oh, let me just buy from my competition to show Vince that I could compete too and that I can buy stuff too. I honestly don't think WWE would have bought Ring of Honor. If anything, uh, if they needed to, they might have just bought maybe certain stuff on like the library because of their guys were part of Ring of Honor. And if they ever wanted to make like a big story and like incorporate callbacks and incorporate like fresh ideas, then yeah, maybe they'll probably buy the library and that's about it. But I don't think like as a company, they were going to do it. If they did, obviously we'll be like, yo, that's fucking petty, guys. Like, you don't really need it. You have every other company there is in the world of professional wrestling, and then you want to get Ring of Honor. Like, you know, you guys destroyed um, Evolve, which was really great for, like, you know, more wrestlers to go wrestle at. Um, you destroyed a lot of other things along the way. But then again, you know, I honestly don't think WWE was going to purchase ring of honor so there was like no sense of urgency but you know tony khan just wanting to flex that's what you do you flex and then in the time span of him buying ring of honor how come no journalist out there is questioning the fact where did he get that extra money because you know i i'm still hold out to that report of the, of aew being in the red because most of the money went to uh the aew game and then now no one is really talking about where the money is coming from. Are the money, is the money being put back through merchandise sales, ticket sales, um, you know, anything else that they're doing? Are they taking a percentage of when AEW goes live to play video games on the AEW Twitch uh, channel that they have? Like, why is no journalist reporting? Where is the money coming from? So my only guess is that, you know, he had to ask his dad in order to buy ring of honor. Um, and you know, in that timely manner, because again, ring of honor, wasn't really going anywhere. Ring of honor still had one more show to like fulfill, which is April 1st, uh, ROH, uh, Supercard of honor. Um, so basically like, you know, I could understand if ring of honor was like, all right, after, you know, Supercard. Right. I'm saying if it wasn't, I'm saying that like if it wasn't gonna be bought yet, I can understand that after Supercard, because they had to they would have to fulfill that. If it went on the market and it was sort of like, you know, put being put up for bidding, then yeah, I could see like, you know, a little bit sense of urgency, but because Ring of Honor was not being put up as a bid yet, because you know, uh the Sinclair broadcast could have probably just said oh, you know, thank you guys for your offers, but let's, you know, uh, let's think about stuff. Let's wait until after, you know, Supercard of Honor, and then we could decide on whatever we want to do. Um, but because there was no urgency, like, I just question these things of, like, why did he need to purchase it? Why? Um, if, if he has AEW to worry about, why is he purchasing something else that's going to sort of hinder his ability to try and get like really good ratings for like both of them or, or whatever the case may be. Like, I just have a lot of red flags, a lot of questions. Um, for this whole entire thing, I just want to know like what money is he getting back in return in order to like purchase this stuff? Because if you guys don't know, because a lot of people on Twitter are sort of like 
um, this isn't wrestling news, so it shouldn't be covered, uh, that Tony Khan's father basically pulled out his investments from the all-black news channel that he was uh, backing, and because of that, nobody has gotten paid yet. So the timing is completely freaking off, where um, Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor, Tony Khan basically, like, has the matches already set for um, ROH Supercard of Honor, and then all of a sudden his dad can't pay um, the network he was sponsoring. You know, it's it's all about, like, why is these things happening? You know, um, Tony Khan does feel like a kid in a candy store that just wants to grab everything and don't realize, like, certain consequences. Uh, because you can't really just grab everything and think that because you're wealthy, you know, good things will always happen. There's always a domino effect. There's always um, a downfall or something or anything like that. So... Like, you know, I just question these things and I hope that you guys question it too, rather than just being like, oh my God, you know, Tony Khan is, is, uh, spoiling us and stuff like that. People who say that Tony Khan is spoil is spoiling them based on the, uh, matches, like what you see on the, uh, screen for like AW Dynamite, they have not been to a local show. So they don't understand that this doesn't work. This works for indie level sh wrestling shows where not many matches are going to lead to a story. If you are on national television and you basically are uh, putting together indie matches like this and passing it off as like, you know, oh, we're just going to do wrestling because that, that's what we do. Well, how is that going to keep with your ratings? You know, no matter what WWE does, they still maintain 1 million views. Whenever AEW does something, it's it fluctuates because he either overpromises and then sometimes he gets a good result or underpromises and doesn't get a good result or like it overpromises and like doesn't get a good result. Um so yeah, you know, it's just a matter of like um priorities and what you really want to do but fans are always like you know oh my god this is such a great dynamite episode you know um hyping up dynamite hyping up AEW more than it needs to be and you know it's not for me to burst your bubble of fun you could definitely have fun we're not saying not to have fun but we're saying to have some fucking common sense we're saying to have your eyes open, your ears open to uh, basically, you know, look at how everything is being presented rather than like, you know, just falling for everything and be like, oh, my God, this is so great. This is so awesome. You know, and it might just be because like I, I do this as something that I love and something that I want to turn into a full time job. So it might be a little bit different, but uh, like between me and you, but then again, you can still enjoy the product if it's done, you know, right. Everyone is going to have an opinion. Everyone is going to have, um, you know, thoughts or whatever. And that's totally cool. And again, if you guys don't agree with me, that's, that's fine too. Um, you're not, you know, supposed to agree with me 100%. You're supposed to also have your way of thinking 
by research and learning and understanding uh, different aspects. Uh, but again, you're not obligated to like fully be like, you back me because you follow me or whatever. Like you can always disagree with me. It's totally okay. I'm not telling you not to disagree with me, but at the same time, you know, make sure that um, AEW can improve rather than just being complacent about things and think that you're getting spoiled by having wrestling matches that don't make sense. You know, um, so for example, let's go over the AEW Dynamite card where basically, again, these things do not make sense at all. I think maybe like one thing makes sense and this may not be the full entire card. Um, but it's, it's something, you know, it, it, it is something. Um, so what I don't like is that Tony basically, um, just reviewed all these matches the day of AEW Dynamite. Today is March 30th, 2022, right? So today is Wednesday. Um, and it's like, okay, why are you telling us these matches now? I remember scrolling through uh Twitter and like somebody had mentioned that, oh, but you know, if WWE did this, they'll 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 get you know, they'll, they'll get shitted on. But if Tony Khan releases like the matches the day of, you know, it's totally okay. He get the pass, uh, to which someone had replied to that saying that, um, you know, Vince literally changes the matches the day of. Wow. Yes. The dirt sheets do report that Vince McMahon, uh, changes, uh, the scripts every single chance he gets um, on the day of, but you don't see him posting it on social media, uh, you know, the day of, um, and then if he has to scramble, uh, to be like, Hey, um, I, I gotta change a match or I gotta add a match. Like there, there's a difference. Um, you know, there is a difference of how someone approaches something. Uh, so, you know, I just think that sometimes, we got to stop with this babying and stop with coddling AEW and like hold them to maybe if not a little bit less of, um, you know, standards that we hold WWE to. And I'm not sure if we want to get into the conversation of that. Tony Khan is an Indian man. Um, you know, he's a brown man because he said it before. And then Vince is a white guy. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but, um, but, you know, sometimes it, it feels that way when we, uh, you know, go on Twitter and look at the, uh, the conversations, the debates and stuff like that. And sometimes people just don't understand that, you know, you, you could do the same thing for both. Right. You could call out both for like stuff that's wrong. Um, but for something like this, where it's like Tony Khan just released the whole entire card of AEW Dynamite for tonight. It's the same thing as Dirt Sheet saying, oh, Vince changed the whole format for Monday Night Raw. 
The only difference is that Vince is bad, AEW is not. And the other difference is that, um, you know, uh, one does it on social media, the other one doesn't do it on social media. And so, like, it bothers me. It really, really, really bothers me. Um, okay, so uh, let's let's go over this card. Um, what is this? Let's go over this card. I need to see the card a little bit better. So give me a second here. Um, okay, so let me just make sure everyone in chat is good. Cool. Everyone in chat is awesome. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this and this is your first time watching it or first time hearing it, uh, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am Marie Shadows. Uh, for anyone that's watching this live, if you want to drop your thoughts in the chat, go ahead and do so. Totally fine. I have no problem with that. Um, you know, just drop your thoughts if you ever want to. I'll read them out loud. I'll give you my opinion on them. So, yeah. Um, all right. So let's go over this card. So up in the left-hand side, I guess this is going to be really bad, but um, we're going to start with Jay Letha versus John Moxley, which was announced for AEW Dynamite. Why? Why is this match announced for AEW Dynamite? What significance does this have? This puts Jay Lethal in a lose-lose situation where basically he's not really going to recover from this. Um, John Moxley is on a war path with, uh, Brian Danielson and William Regal, and they have the, um, uh, the combat club, um, the, no, I don't want, it's not the bare knuckle combat club. It's basically like that part in England that I can't remember right now, but they got the freaking club, um, and all Jay Lethal has been doing is fighting on dark and dark elevation right after uh, losing to Sammy Guevara when he first came in, when he challenged him for the TNT championship title. And it's like he came in hot. People loved him. He lost to Sammy Guevara. And then all of a sudden he's on dark, dark elevation, maybe on rampage, maybe not on rampage. And it makes no sense. Why does Jay Lethal have to be the guy that has to job to John Moxley when in Tony Khan's post, he mentioned that Jay Lethal is a former Ring of Honor champion. And, you know, if apparently Tony Khan has, you know, all this respect for like Ring of Honor uh, guys and like former champions, why are you putting him in there that just sets him up for freaking, um, you know, uh, defeat? that sets him up for these losses, it makes no fucking sense. We all know that John Moxley is going to win in this match. There is no ifs, ands, or buts, unless, like, Jay Lethal could do, like, a roll-up or a schoolboy and use uh, John Moxley's uh, momentum and weight against him in order to win. But that's not going to happen. You guys know it's not going to happen. So, Twitter, stop hyping it up. It's a very bad matchup, and no one really wins-wins. You know, John Moxley's going to have that as like a notch 
on his uh uh excuse me on his uh you know record like what's that really gonna fucking do it's not gonna do anything it's not gonna grant moxie a championship title it's not gonna grant uh jay lethal a championship title you know so i don't understand why this is here uh so aussie said tony can is many words i'm uncomfortable typing for what he's doing to diana peraza oh my god dude we'll, we'll get there we'll we'll get there um and yes okay it's the blackpool combat club there we go the blackpool combat club oh my god my freaking phone um i swear i need to get a new phone i really need to get a new phone um but yeah like i just don't understand like i don't even know if um like there was a setup before this i don't really think it was a setup um so you know it's just really weird to me that we have this all of a sudden and jay lethal is the fall guy you know jay i understand that you know you're getting you know maybe a decent check from tony khan but like value yourself this isn't valuing yourself if you want to face john moxie sure on paper it looks like a dream match and that's great but why should i care about this match what in this match should I care about in order to be like, oh my God, I want to see it. I don't want to see it because I know Jay Lethal is going to lose. I don't want to see it because Jay Lethal was put in a really bad position. And we've been really, when I say we, myself and like, you know, um, the uh, black creators on uh, Twitter who have their own wrestling podcasts and like scream from the top of their lungs to have like equity, equity in this business. And have like equal opportunities. And we know for a fact that Jay Lethal is going to freaking lose. Um, which, by the way, I'm not saying that they should automatically put the belt on Jay Lethal. I'm just saying that you you build Jay Lethal up to where like it makes sense for him to eventually fight Moxley. Moxley is a really huge superstar. Uh, because he has that credibility behind him. You don't just throw Jay Lethal that has to get his bearing and footing in aew and aew dark and evelation are not um beneficial for that um in my opinion but you know if jay lethal had this really nice um uh steady line of like doing feuds here and there even even if like they're short-term feuds with other people um that eventually led up to john moxie because he knew that like john moxie is the top dog in AEW and like the guy you have to be to prove yourself of like why you're there that makes more sense he's having matches that build up to an eventual john moxie versus jay lethal that would make sense uh rather than like just throwing it together like why again why does it need to be thrown together um sometimes what happened i don't know if it's showing on your end but comments aren't showing up on your stream oh Um, 
but yeah, uh, thanks for that all solution. Um, I will fix that while I talk to you guys because I can I can multitask. I can definitely multitask. Um, but yeah, I just don't. Uh, hold on. Okay, that's the part. Okay. Um, I just don't understand. Um, okay, so I was getting to the part about, uh, you know, it's okay to have cold matches sometimes, um, and we will call them filler matches. Um, Jay Lethal versus John Moxie should not be a filler match. Um, Jay Lethal versus John Moxie is definitely a filler cold match, and that's not that's not cool to have. It really isn't. Um it really, really isn't. Um, all right. So, uh, the next match that I want to go over, if I can find it while I'm like multitasking and everything, uh, we're just going to go straight to the other side where it's Darby Allen versus Andrade El Idolo. Um, again, why? By the way, I am so over Darby. Um, and my main reason is that I am way too concerned for his life. Um, and he's not concerned for his life and everyone puts him on this big pedestal. Like they put Jeff Hardy on their big pedestal. But the problem I have is that because he doesn't take his life seriously, I don't want to be attached to him. And then when something really does, well, not does, but when anything happens, I don't want to be emotionally attached and really feel bad about it. So I am just so over Darby Allen and his way of, um, you know, getting the crowd behind him, uh, basically doing death-defying stunts and tricks just to, I guess, feel alive or feel like having a general rush. Like I said this before, um, freaking Darby needs to learn how to forgive himself for the past uh, because it has been brought up about how, like, um, you know, his uncle took him while his uncle was drunk and then all of a sudden, you know, had a car crash, his uncle dies and he lives. And it's like, dude, I totally understand that. I really do. Um, and you thought that maybe it could have been you, but like, forgive yourself and start living the life that you want and start, um you know, basically, like, enjoying what I have to give you rather than, like, moping around and shit and, like, doing death-defying things and doing these very risky uh, suicide dives where, like, you could get a concussion, you could get brain hemorrhage, and, like, when you're hitting the, the barricade and shit, like, I am just so done with, um, with, like, Darby. I don't really care what he does. I don't care in a feud or whatever um it's one thing back in the day for cody rhodes to freaking expose his um uh his finisher which i hate it and you guys can go back into archives anchor.fm and just hear me rant about it like you know how dare cody fucking destroy his uh finisher um you know so i don't really care about Darby like that. Um and while I'm trying to talk to you guys, I'm trying to see if I can fix. There we go. Um 
fix something here. Can I not um, fix the color? But yeah, if anyone that is watching right now, um, you guys have any questions, any comments, you guys can definitely, uh, you know, drop them in while I do this. There was no way of fixing this, huh? Why? Why is there no way of fixing this? All right, so I guess I'm going to have to redo this and do it on my own, but I'm not going to do it right now. That is so interesting. All right, but I do want to thank Aussie Lucian for bringing that to my attention where um, you guys are not seeing um, the chat flow um, you know, on the video. So, yeah, Aussie Lucian, thanks for that. Um, but I'll have to fix it later on. Um, so, yeah, getting back to the whole thing of Darby versus uh Andrade. Andrade is another one that's just hanging around there and it's like, you know, you're cool, dude. You know, you can you can wrestle, you're you're great, but other than that, like um, you know, what are you really doing? Um, you took over Matt Hardy's freaking huge ass bullshit of a team uh to do what now? To have your own team that don't make sense? You know, like, I don't get it. I really don't understand. And then people hype this shit up and they're like, AEW is the best thing. And it's like, is it really? What story are you trying to tell with Darby and Andrade? Why is Andrade going after Darby when Darby doesn't fit his, um, his group? Darby doesn't fit, um, basically like any other group other than himself and Sting. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I just don't get certain things, man. I really don't. Yeah. Um, Aussie Lucian. <clears throat> yeah. Lee was telling me that you guys gave me credit for, uh, my idea for what you guys were doing, uh, which is cool, which is cool. Um, you know which is cool. I appreciate it, dude. I, I appreciate you and, and Lee. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, now that bothers me. I'm going to have to really, uh, after I'm done with this whole thing, go back inside and really put my own, uh, chat box. Um, cause I really want people to, to see it, but it's okay. Um, I'll read them out anyway. Um, so yeah, you know, that's all I have to like really say about Darby versus Andrade. It's another like, why, why is this happening? You know? Um, and then sometimes when I tweet out stuff on Twitter and include the AEW faithful, nobody wants to fucking give me an answer. They want to stay in their bubble rather than realizing reality of this. And they want to stay in their bubble. And it's like, like I said earlier, you guys can have all the fun you want, but make it make sense, please. Make it make sense. All right, so we're going right down from the one on the top to talk about Wheeler Yuta versus Brian Danielson. This one, I understand why we're getting it. Uh, that's because of, should have been last week, where, um, you know, Wheeler Yuta, no, uh, I'm sorry where um 
Papa Regal, William Regal, uh, slapped Wheeler Yuta. So this makes sense. And Wheeler is getting his reps in and, you know, he's being a very good uh, <clears throat> trainee. That might not be the word I'm looking for. It might be. But, um, you know, he's being a very good, you know, trainee to get to the next level and get to the next spot. Um, I have I honestly don't have anything bad to say about this. Uh, this this makes sense. OK, it's like 30 percent makes sense. OK, um, but other than that, like I'm just leaving it as is. Um, next over to that one, we have FTR versus the Gun Club. Man, what can I really say about this, right? Like, I honestly used to love FTR, but the way that Dax runs his fucking mouth on, on Twitter, it's like one of those things of like, the New Yorker in me comes out because I'm just like, bro, you sound like you're talking shit most of the time. Um, and you know, it's, it's annoying because it's like, I understand that, um, you know, using social media to your advantage, uh, can help bring in eyes, can help bring in conversations, uh, can help sell tickets, can like, you know, make fantasy matches. I totally understand the power of social media. I really do. But sometimes, you know, you don't really have to respond to like everybody if you automatically think that they're beneath you. Like, what's the point of that? Why you want to rub it in if you already think that um, they're beneath you? You know, um, let them speak into the void and eventually you'll get to them. But some of the shit that like Dax would be saying, I'm just like, I just can't anymore. I, I just really can't. Um, I enjoyed them when they came in. They feuded with the Young Bucks. Uh, they basically uh, tortured, uh, <laughs> uh, tortured, uh, Adam, Adam page. I was about to say Adam Cole for a little bit, but like, no, that, that didn't happen. Um, you know, they tortured, uh, hangman for a little bit, but other than that, like ever since cash got injured and yet again, AEW didn't put any safety measures, more safety measures after that. I don't think so. If they did, uh, please correct me. Um, you know, after that, it just went downhill. You know, I just lost interest. Um, you know, FTR joined the pinnacle. Like, why the fuck did that happen? Why the fuck did we get the pinnacle in the first place? Um, all right. So I'm probably going to get heat for this or whatever, but Aussie, we don't talk about SRS on my, on my show at all. I have him blocked. We had we had a little thing. We had we had a disagreement going on, um, and he he is banned from me talking about him or even mentioning him or giving him any type of credit or whatever. And that goes for Fightful too. So yeah, I do not talk about SRS and I don't talk about GCW unless like I want to point something out. So I, I'm I'm just letting you know about that. Um, yeah, so I just want to, I just wanted to say that, that that's the, that's the New Yorker that comes out of me. Like we don't, we, we don't talk about him here. Um, so I would never give you my, uh, my thoughts on that. Um, 
but yeah back to the whole thing of uh ftr yeah man like i used to uh love them uh but now i'm just like you guys are just yeah and and, and aussie don't don't feel uh don't feel bad uh because I, I know you don't know uh but i keep i keep the situation of what happened between me and him sort of to myself only like a certain uh amount of people know about it and that's about it um so i keep it to myself um just because i have better things to do and my goal is obviously i mean you know this my goal is to get signed by a wrestling company and i have no time for high school drama um you know if if i'm losing time with you know not creating the things i want to to get seen Again, it's it's not your fault, so don't so don't feel bad that you didn't know that part. It's all good. Um, I just have time for me and uh, time to make my uh, dreams come true. But yeah, getting back to uh, this match. Like I said, I used to like FTR. FTR was good. FTR was awesome. But then all of a sudden... Um, yeah, I did. I did Aussie Lucian. I did. I mentioned it there. Um, so yeah. Now, talking about the gun club. Um, man. The gun club had so much um momentum and potential and um you know, now they're starting to gain it back, but I just lost interest in them. Um, I, I still enjoy, um, I still enjoy, you know, the album that, uh, oh my God. Why, why, why am I drawing a blank now? Um, Um, Austin Gunn. I still enjoy Austin's Gunn. Um, you know, his, his CD album, his, his album. I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, uh, I definitely enjoy it still, but like, you know, I don't know, man, I want to get back into cheering for the gun club and, um, basically like being a fan again, but like, I don't, I don't know, man, there's something missing. Uh, um, you know, there's just something missing for me, like a connection again. Like, I don't really care about this. Um, I don't know why it's happening. And by the way, I heard last week that Dax lost to CM Punk, man, fuck punk. Dax has more wrestling ability in his pinky than fucking punk does to the point where Dax is actually innovative in his fucking wrestling skill and wrestling style other than CM Punk. What does CM Punk do? Steal all his moves from Kenta. Even stole, you know, the Anaconda Vice. He stole that from uh, Tenzan in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So again, guys, it's really upsetting that Dax had to lose to CM Punk. Why? Why did he have to lose to CM Punk? But yeah. FTR versus Gun Club, I don't understand why it's happening. I don't know why. Um, you know, I wish Gun Club all the best, um, you know, wrestling-wise and stuff like that. Also with FTR, 
Um, I don't know if I'm excited for FTR versus the Briscoes. Like, I love the Briscoes. <clears throat> the Briscoes are cool. Uh, but I don't know if, like, I don't know if I'm excited for it. Um, I do know that, uh, you know, the Briscoes are, are going to be the Briscoes. Um, that's going to be that. It's the same way when I when I said earlier that the New, that the New Yorker is gonna come out of me like, I guess, the Delaware boy like the Delaware side of um you know uh of uh the Briscoes are gonna come out on them too. So yeah, you know it's just one of those things of like, there there needs to be some type of synergy or energy. Um, I don't really use synergy a lot, so hopefully I used it correctly. Um, there just needs to be some type of balance with all this. And speaking of CM Punk, again, fuck Punk. Um, I, I don't have, I, I'm not afraid to fucking say it. Um, just like yesterday, if you guys are watching, if you're not, um, already following, uh, SmackDraw Pod, which is uh, on here on Twitch, um, then, you know, you guys are definitely missing out on some really good content. So yesterday, SmackDraw Pod had, um, you know, their famous UWO, which is unrest Unpopular Wrestling Opinions, and that was a blast from start to finish. Um, I miss being on that show, by the way, but, like, you know, eventually I'll, I'll be on the show. Um, yeah, there was just one part where, like, um, the host, uh, Kyle, put up a... Uh, a tweet from um, Punk and Punk, you know, talking about like, you know, wrestlers court and shit like that and uh, how he didn't like it or whatever. And it's like, and then afterwards it was discussed, you know, uh, Kyle didn't want any heat. Uh, so I told him that like, you know, he shouldn't be afraid of Punk. He should be afraid of Will Smith because at least Will Smith will get out of his chair and go slap your ass. Punk ain't gonna do that shit. Punk is gonna go find a corner and duck you. And the only reason why I say that is because Kenta has called out CM Punk multiple times. Osprey has called out CM Punk multiple times. The bigger your name is, the more CM Punk cowers away from you. So, you know, it's okay. I, I could take the heat. It's totally fine. Nobody knows exactly who I am. So if they want to throw some idiotic baby kindergarten shit that's fine um i'm okay with taking the heat like i i it's okay you guys don't know me you just know what marie shadows is and like how she talks and um basically what she thinks uh but other than that you know um you don't know anything else behind the character and yeah basically yeah there there there, there goes my there goes my confidence and there goes my like New Yorker side. Uh that that was a little tamed though, a little tamed for the New Yorker side. Um, but yeah. We have CM Punk versus Max Caster. I did see somewhere on Twitter that, you know, they're hoping for Max Caster to basically say a Will Smith line. Um, most likely Max Caster is going to say a Will Smith line. But again, why does this need to happen? Why? Is it because you want to put, you know, two of the best talkers um, at each other, like, right now? And then again, who are you going to pick? Obviously, CM Punk is going to go over. And again, we have that same booking style of if you're um, 
you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Like, you know, Max Caster is obviously going to lose. If he gets a win over Punk, yo, we're celebrating, right? Like, I would not think that Max is going to get a win over Punk unless, again, he does a roll-up or a schoolboy and basically use Punk's body weight, which is like a twig, against him, you know? Um... So, yeah, this, again, puts Max Caster in a very bad position because we all know that CM Punk doesn't fucking like to lose, except it's like for MJF to sort of elevate him. But other than that, CM Punk doesn't like to lose in his whole entire AEW career. He's doing everything that he wanted to do that WWE was not allowing him to do. So it's like, again, what's the point? If CM Punk, apparently according to Twitter, um, wants to tell this story of he's been out of the game for seven years. So that means he's completely rusty, he's completely old, and obviously he's getting up there in age. You would think that along the way of his obstacles, depending on who he's fighting, that he should be losing and winning, losing and winning, so it could be a balance. But no, he basically clean swept everybody. And nobody asks for a rematch except for MJF. Again, I said this before on my other podcast episodes. Why does MJF get the ability to ask for a rematch, but Hobbs never asks for a rematch? Hook never asks for a rematch because I think they fought, right? Like, you know, you get it. The people that CM Punk fought and beat, um, like... Why are they not asking for rematches? Why is MJF the only one asking for a rematch during that whole entire like story that CM Punk is trying to tell? So like, it's not fair to wrestlers that are up and coming. And you know, I totally get it sometimes that veterans shouldn't always do the job for the younger guys. But then again, the veterans should stay in like maybe a three month six months at best storyline where they're chasing each other and they're trying to one-up each other because the young guys in the business for this generation should at least prove to the fans, to the older generation, that wrestling is going to be in good hands. In kayfabe. In kayfabe. Do not attack my head about that last line in kayfabe wrestling should be in good hands if it's not in good hands then you know wrestling is wrestling you can't really do much about it you know in a sense um but yeah again we all know that max caster is going to lose and then what we're going to see max caster take um bookings everywhere and you know just wrestle like that like Man, it it bothers the hell out of me, this AEW booking, and people just take it as like, this is going to be fun. Well, did you ever think that sometimes the wrestlers end up not benefiting as well as you think they do? You know, eventually when more people get released from AEW, more stories are going to come out about like the, the creative process and anything else that happened in the back. And then eventually... When are we going to apologize to Swole? That's what I want to know. When more stories come out about the AW booking and the AW creativity and what you could do, what you can't do, you know, um, 
Are we ever going to apologize to Swo about it? That is what I want to know. Um, so let's get to the one, the one women's match that is on here, and it's a women's tournament qualifier, right? Um, I think the date is still there where um this Owen Hart's um tournament uh is probably gonna be ending up um all the way in um in May for double or nothing. Oh wow, okay, so today is March 30th. It's close to the ending of March. Um so we have April, that's one. We have May. We have two months. Two months to build up excitement around the Owen Hart tournament. And like, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Um, first of all, let me get this out of the way. The bunny. I I don't know why she's wrestling. Um, I am not a fan of the bunny. I don't think that she puts on really memorable, good matches. Everything in the ring, in ring-wise, is so basic. And it looks like she's afraid to do things. Um, it's really not top-notch. And she's been wrestling for, like, a really long time. I think they said, like, 10 years. It might be, like, 11 now. Um, but, again, nothing has really evolved to make her the best top-tier female wrestler where we get to talk about her. Um, I really just don't see it. Um, I really don't. Um, she has a cute face, um, and that's probably, like, still keeping her around, but other than that, her wrestling ability has not been taken to the next level where we're like, yeah, we want to see the bunny. Um, and again, this puts her in a precarious position because it's the bunny versus an unknown woman competitor that that makes her debut and so like i don't know who could i don't know who it could be everyone wants um athena who's ember moon everybody wants um tony storm Everybody wants um, Tegan Knox, like, you know, building the AEW women's division is tricky. It's tricky because if the women are not getting ample amount of time, the same way that the men are getting ample amount of time, then what's the point of having a women's roster uh, when it comes to AEW Dynamite? Um, like, I don't understand. They get away with more women matches at a 10 o'clock spot than they do at like, I don't know. Will we consider this prime time? I don't think that's, I don't think that's considered prime time, but you get the idea. We're able to get away with more women matches on rampage than we are on dynamite. And that says a lot. And again, AEW fans are not fighting for this. In the beginning, we fought for this. We fought for having more women um, on TV, uh, having more than one women's match. And then all of a sudden, now it's like, oh, we're going back to a one-woman formula for a qualifier match when we could be taking out 
Jay Lethal versus John Moxley, we don't fucking need that match. CM Punk versus Max Caster, we don't need that match. So you have two open spaces, along with the stupid celebration of the of the undisputed era. We're gonna call them undisputed era. We're not gonna call them undisputed elite. That's fucking stupid. Um, so you could take out John Moxley versus John, uh, Jay Lethal and CM Punk versus Max Caster and put in like two more women's matches because you know the women need more time to develop their stories other than saying the word bitch to each other like saying the word bitch to each other is not how you make a story so you know it's so fucking ridiculous that women who want to tell their story can't tell their story in AEW um i think the only safe bet is like brit could be able to tell her story Swall was able to tell her story. Hikaru Shida was able to tell her story. Riho, to an extent, I could say could tell her story. Um, but again, because Riho is so tiny and so light, um, I just can't take her seriously sometimes. Um, Chris Statlander can definitely tell her story. Um, and everyone else too. But if they're not getting ample amount of time on television where it matters, it does YouTube don't matter. You want to know why YouTube don't matter? Because that's video on demand. And people are not going to be watching wrestling 24-7 like you think they are. That's what I really hate, that the that wrestling Twitter is such a bubble that everyone thinks that, um, you know, uh, everyone watches the same thing that they watch. And no, that's not true. Um... If I watched everything, I would never have time to do a podcast episode. I would never have time to collaborate with my friends. I would never have time to give you different content or even trying to go out to local shows uh, to do vlogs and showcase the indie talent and showcase, you know, what I do behind the scenes and stuff like that. If I decided to continue to do it in the beginning, I used to watch dark dynamite because that that those are the two that were on but now that it has grown um pretty fast uh you know i'm not going to be able to watch everything but getting back to the women's thing of that you know why do we only have one qualifier match why can't we do two qualifier matches uh why can't we do other random women matches to start telling stories um as for who's going to be the bunny's opponent um i don't know I don't have any good idea who's going to debut today because like, again, when that person debuts, are they going to be a top tier name? Are they going to be a indie person? Um, you know what would have been nice? Have the bunny face uh, somebody that's already on the roster. Tony Khan already signed AQA. So why not have them fight? Why not have them battle? And have AQA go over. You know, like I would love to have that happen. Um, you know, uh, but no, we're stuck with this bullshit of uh, the bunny versus someone to debut. You know, you know what you know what would be fresh if we had two women who signed and two women who um are debuting at uh, this tournament and let's say that maybe they're they're like handpicked by 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 Martha Hart 
I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there of like, you know, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. Um, it's just one of those things of like, you, AEW needs to stop putting their wrestlers in compromising positions. Um, at least with like WWE, yeah, wrestlers get to be in compromising positions, but that's why they utilize the freaking rematch on the next night because. WWE needs to think outside the box when they do these compromising uh, positions uh, because even though it's going to get old and shit, um, you know, the rematch, the guy could be like, oh, you know, I wasn't ready that night or you got the one up on me or you cheated somehow um, and the referee never saw it and blah, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, they, they, they can utilize that. But again, I don't know. You, you, AEW, because it is young, I don't think it should have been been putting their wrestlers in compromising positions like this, where you know the the predictable route of where these matches are gonna go, and you know there's no fucking payoff. There's definitely no payoff between Jay Lethal and John Moxley because none of those guys have anything that's needed from each other. Um, there's nothing at stake in that match. You can't even do a hair versus hair match. And I'm just joking. Uh, Wheelie Yuta and Brian Danielson, at least there's something there because Regal slapped Wheeler and now Wheeler has to prove himself to uh, Danielson. And if Danielson likes the performance, most likely he's going to be in the club. Understandable. 30% good job. CM Punk versus Max Caster. We don't fucking need it. We don't. Give Max Caster something else to do other than like rap battling. Like, you know, put him against Austin Gunn, but then Austin Gunn is going to kill him on the mic because Austin Gunn is a way more talented um, performer um, as a rapper and also as a wrestler than Max Caster. Um, you know, let's see. Uh, Darby versus Andrade. When are they going to drop that? When are they going to give Darby some time off? And give Sting some time off and try to come back and reset everything. Like, you know, at this point, it's like, why? Uh, FCR, I have nothing else to say. Uh, but I believe this is like the card I mentioned earlier about the United, not, not the United. Um, I mentioned earlier about the Undisputed Elite, which is really stupid. Again, you know, there's a reason why people on Twitter will say that AEW just has WWE guys. Because again, what are we talking about? I like the idea of WWE guys when they get released to have maybe like six months off. Take a fucking vacation where you don't have to like book yourself in like in like independent matches or sign with a company right away take a vacation let your body rest before you come back and you're like yeah i want to do it again i want to take bumps take a vacation have a very nice life maybe find some love i don't know but take a vacation so that way the wwe stigma can wear off on you and then when you come back um you can definitely like uh, be completely recharged, re-energized, and that's what you want, right? You don't want somebody to just 
leave one company, jump to the next, and continue on the same journey, and then eventually get hurt, and then you're out. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Um, and then, uh, or when after they get released, uh, from WWE, um, take your break. But there's New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's New Japan Strong. They would love to have you on on their show. Uh, there's MOW. They have the open door policy now. They would love to have you on their show. There's Impact Wrestling. They would love to have you on your show. You know? There's a lot more stuff to do other than jumping to AEW. That, that's all I'm saying. Um... So, yeah, um, that's what I would like, because when wrestlers jump from one place to another, um, it's just not going to end well. And it's going to definitely um, feel like they're doing the same things over and over and they're not doing anything new um, at all. So, like, I would have liked it if, like, Adam Cole would have, like, stayed a little bit or, like... When I say stay a little bit, stay a little bit at home because he's making pretty good money on, on Twitch. So, like, I just don't, I just don't really get it. Um, the other thing, too, is that, uh, you know, he could have tried uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I know that's not, like, one of his strong suits. Um, he could have at least, uh, you know, maybe threw his name in for, like, this year's G1 um, I don't know if he could join the best of the super juniors, but imagine if Adam Cole was in best of the super juniors, man, like that'd be cool. Um, we could probably get Kyle O'Reilly in best of the super juniors. We probably, we can. Um, but yeah, sometimes I just want these guys to like get rid of the, um, the, the stigma of WWE before they come over to another company, because why are you doing almost the same thing that you did in NXT and AEW when AEW is supposed to um, be something new and fresh for, for the audience um, and stuff like that. You know, I'm not saying that they can't mention, um, you know, the past accomplishments of the undisputed era, but you know, uh, for new fans for because the whole point is to have new fans come in and boost up your ratings um by doing the same thing that that they saw in wwe what's the point you're not really making new fans you're not the the fans that um basically skip through channels if they still have cable i mean obviously they do but i'm just saying in today's world where everything is almost digital um, you know, for the people that click through channels, you want to make sure you grab their attention. But if they just see that Adam Cole is, is an AEW, they might, they might think that it's WWE. You know, you never know. You never know who's flipping the channels and how much wrestling they know. So, you know, it's like, you want to be able to catch that viewer's attention, the one that's flipping through the channels. And AEW is not really doing that. The only time they did it was when they had Jay White on there. And then look, <laughs> Jay White is uh, terrorizing uh, freaking Impact Wrestling with uh, tag team matches. We're leading his version of the Bullet Club. 
And then Jay White is also doing the open Jay White uh, USA tour. Um, and then him fighting uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, which is coming up during Dallas, uh, during WrestleCon, basically. And then fighting Hikaleo at Mutiny and then continuing on. He has yet to show up in AEW because AEW doesn't know how to create stories that stick. And this is why we have this Dynamite card because, again, this Dynamite card was made today, was was posted today. The same thing that WWE does. Again, do not give AEW a pass. Really, don't do it. You don't need to do it. Um, if you're going to call out one company for, for something, call out the, the other company for the same thing. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. What else do I have? Oh, yeah. And by the way, the more times that AEW basically does random code matches, like the ones you see on the screen um, and the ones I talked about for those that are hearing on the audio side of stuff in the podcast world. Um, how much longer can this go without it feeling stale? without it not making any more sense, without the fans not really being too excited about it. Like, how long can these cold matches go with no build-up, no story? Because you guys got to remember, and I've said this multiple times, AEW is on TBS now. AEW is on cable. You should be producing a cable-level show weekly that is the equivalent of you know, capturing the emotion and the heart of people who love to watch shows on HBO, uh, Showtime, Cinemax, if Cinemax is still around. Even the popular shows on like Netflix, like you have to capture that emotion and put it towards your product and not have your product, meaning AEW, to just be an indie fest. It's an indie show um, rather than a wrestling show. And while you're on TBS, you have to make money. Uh, you have to like make sure that your investors are happy. And if your investors are not like happy eventually, like they could drop them at any moment. I don't know if any AEW fan like you know thought of that, but at any moment, if TBS feels like this is not really going to be working out uh, for whatever reason, they could just drop them off of the network. And then what? You, um, I think. In my head, the first thing that popped up is that AEW is probably going to have to rely on YouTube for the time being until someone gives them another contract. Uh, that's why, you know, sometimes just going with the motion of making random cold matches, uh, throwing them to the wall to see what sticks is not always a good idea because the ratings are definitely going to fluctuate. And this card is not going to have it be a million in ratings. Maybe it might be because of the women's match because it's a qualifier match and it's Owen Hart. So the name attached to it brings some type of value. But again, like no one is really going to. Uh, what's the word like? No one's really going to invest if there's no story. Because you're going to have people, the same people that watch every week tune in. So that's an automatic that's an automatic view. Oh, and also, it's also telling when uh, 
Tony Khan is like, hey guys on the West Coast, make sure to, to uh, tune in on uh, to watch AW Dark so that way the numbers can increase. Do you know what happens when like a streamer like myself or like other people um, tend to tell, you know, tend to do something like that? Like you could think of it like, hey, j what's up? Um, you could tend to think of it like buying your followers, buying your bots to increase your views. Um, you know, I think personally that Tony shouldn't really be telling people like they should tune in. Like, yeah, you could promote it, but at the same time, like, you know, if they tune in, they tune in. You just have to make a better card to where, you know, people want to tune in every single week. That's what we were doing with WCW and WWF at the time. Uh, they were making cards, doing story where it makes sense, where everybody was tuning in every single week and they wanted to see what happens. But because we're in the age of the internet where you can like DVR stuff, you can try to go back and watch it, um, you know, it'll be somewhere. So the urgency is not there. But then again, because AEW is so young, they still had to have that urgency and think outside the box of how to keep your attention without telling people on Twitter, hey, make sure you tune in. Hey, we have this random ass, good ass match that looks good on paper, but we're not sure if it's going to deliver. So make sure that you, um, you know, come here and watch it. You know, that's telling. Um, you're supposed to reach your audience already, you know? Um, all right. We are going to take a mini break, uh, because I don't want to talk in circles and I need to relax my voice. Um, and I want to get up and walk around, uh, fill up my cup up with water. Uh, make sure you guys stay hydrated, uh, during this little mini break session, you guys will be, uh, listening, uh, to music. Um, and then I think when we get back, we're going to be talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. No, J-Rod, I don't sound mad. I'm just frustrated with AEW. That That's it. Like, this is my frustration voice. It's not even my anger voice, okay? My anger voice is, um, is something else. <coughs> Excuse me. My anger voice is something else. Yes, hashtag blame J-Rod. That is what I'm going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, if you guys have Twitter... Uh, make sure to start the hashtag of blame J-Rod. I love J-Rod though, but yeah, um, that is what is going to happen. Um, let me see if an ad pops up or not. Yeah, so we are definitely going to be continuing our uh, podcast conversation here, and it's definitely going to be all about uh... excuse me, give me a second. Um, yeah, and it's definitely going to uh, be about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Basically, this matchup that you see here, um, like, 
man, there is such like a whirlwind of a whirlwind of emotions, a whirlwind of story. Like, you know, I totally get why Hikaleo decided to stay as Bullet Club, but he he doesn't want nothing to do with um, Jay White, uh, which is totally understandable. Um, you know, Jay White called him out on the last New Japan Strong tapings um, and basically was like, yeah, he's the future and everything, but, you know, he also has to make a choice. And uh, Hikaleo was like, you know, okay, cool. I'm the future of professional wrestling. I'm the future of uh, New Japan pro wrestling. Uh, but what's stopping me from, like, you know, taking over now, uh, taking over Jay White's position? Um, and this is where Jay White was like, yo, it takes years to get to where, you know, he's at. And yeah, Jay is, is right. Jay is basically like, yeah, it's right that it takes years to get to where he's at. Um, but now we have the open challenge where it was accepted that at Mutiny, April 10th. Let me double check that because I want to say April uh It is April 10th. Yeah, I was right. For some reason, I wanted to say April 9th, uh, but it really wasn't like April 9th. But anyway, um, I don't know why he's doing that. Uh, so New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Mutiny comes to um, Vermont Hollywood and basically... Uh, we're gonna have uh Jay White versus Hikaleo. I said this in my previous podcast episode, or even just a live stream episode, that um that story can go either way, and I'm super excited about the way that it can go. Like, imagine if oh no, I said it on um SmackDraw podcast. Uh, imagine if um. Hikaleo wins against Jay White. Then what? What does what does Jay White do? Does Jay White have a backup plan? You know, when they have their match, is Chris Bay gonna get involved? Because Chris Bay got involved of um, you know, the backstabbing of the of G-O-D, and then, you know, that, that's about it. That, that's as far as it goes. Um, so yeah, you know, um, JY always has like a backup plan sometimes, most of the time, uh, but he's always thinking one step ahead of like, what happens if, you know, this goes wrong? Um, it's not all the time because he does underestimate, uh, David Finley, his longtime rival. Uh, so he doesn't always have a plan. Um, but in the event that Hikaleo beats Jay White, that is going to feel so good, even though it's not Tama beating Jay White. But because Hikaleo can, if he gets that victory, um, that's going to definitely, you know, put a lot more eyes on him. That's definitely going to elevate him more. But we all know that the predictability will be that Jay White is going to get the victory over Hikaleo. And then I think that's when Jay White is going to kick him out. Because even though the stipulation is not there, we know it's going to turn into that. 
Uh, it doesn't need to be said. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's there without it being said. Um, I just think that that's going to have Hikaleo kicked out by Jay winning. Um, and then, you know, it would be nice if they send Hikaleo over to, um, you know, Japan so that way, uh, you know, he could be with G.O.D. and he could get those reps in and, you know, um, probably find some other things uh, to do, you know, go against the members of Bullet Club. Um, so during that time of uh, New Japan Strong tapings, when they were talking, uh, Hikaleo did say that, you know, he's Bullet Club for life, but he wants nothing to do with Jay White. So before all this happened, before, you know, the backstabbing and everything, um, it was basically Hikaleo following Jay White around as like the student. Um, and then obviously there was Chris Bay involved too. And Chris Bay and Hikaleo are fantastic tag teams, like tag team partners. They're very fantastic. They complement each other. They um, have a lot of innovative moves and obviously when you're with chris bay you're obviously your team just becomes like finesse that's what happens your team becomes um finesse uh so basically this match caught me off guard um well first of all hikaleo saying that um he's still gonna be repping bullet club uh caught me off guard um you know but he wants nothing to do with jay so i could sort of forgive that excuse me um but to have this tag team match man um they haven't tagged since um the whole backstabbing went down um i don't know if i have i know i talked about it i don't remember when i talked about it but it feels like a couple months, probably more than a couple months, but, um, yeah. So, uh, Chris Bay and Hikaleo haven't teamed since, and this is going to be kind of awkward because, uh, the stray dogs, they definitely have this energy and connection, uh, to get the job done because there's no backstabbing in their group in bullet club. Everything is sort of like, what the fuck is going on? you know, what side are you on? Um, and stuff like that. So, you know, teaming with somebody that you had that energy with after everything is going to make this a little bit more complicated. Does Hikaleo, um, you know, not really help Chris Bay. Does Hikaleo let Chris Bay take the reins and let him do most of the work. And then Hikaleo is just watching from afar because Hikaleo needs to have eyes in the back of his head. Um, with new Japan strong, I don't think that they're going to sort of like screw over Hikale and Chris Bay, but like it can't happen. It can't happen where someone can come out and attack um, Hikaleo. Like we don't really know. This is like the cool part about it where like nothing really gets spoiled, but like we could just think in kayfabe and thinking story about the dynamic, especially if you know the previous weeks of what happened. And then leading up to this, you can make your own, um theories and suspicions and stuff like that um or it could be that 
Chris Bay will have his chip on his shoulder because he is with uh, Jay White and Jay White is teaching him some stuff. And so he might tell Hikaleo to do most of the work. Um, imagine that. You're going to tell a seven foot tall uh, Tongan to do most of the work. Like, what? No. <laughs> um, whatever happens, I just think that this is the most interesting matchup that they can give us. Because it's like, man, um, very, very interesting uh, to see this come together. And you notice they put Bullet Club. They didn't even put Chris Bay and Hikaleo. In the previous um, New Japan Strong uh, graphics, it would say Chris Bay and Hikaleo. It won't even say Bullet Club. Um, which now brings me to like my next thought is that the branding branding is sort of weird when it comes to bullet club because um you know you know that they're part of bullet club you know that uh but like sometimes with like jay uh coming out to like you know he's switchblade jay white he's clean switch jay white sometimes they'll throw in that he's leader of the bullet club right just to have that like association with him but then again all we kept saying is it's Switchblade J White rather than trying to do a combination of like, oh, here comes the leader of the Bullet Club, Switchblade J White. You see, by putting, you know, the leader of the Bullet Club in front of everything that we call J, it makes more sense. It tells you that he is, um, you know, he's like the leader, if that makes sense. Um, if it doesn't make sense, let me know in the chat. But yeah, it makes sense to me that. Uh, the branding for Bullet Club seems to be a little weird, a little off, uh, depending on what they do. This one here, this graphic, you could clearly say, you could clearly see that it says Bullet Club. Um, and so, yeah, um, this is going to be a very interesting match. This is happening sometime this week over in Dallas. Um, I don't know what date this is probably going to be, but it's happening this week. I don't think it's happening today. Um, and then we move on to April 10th, which is mutiny. It's back here. Well, I can't say back here in the States because, um, obviously Dallas is here too. Um, so April 10th is mutiny. That's going to be over in Vermont, Hollywood. Most likely that's California. Um, and then from there, we're just going to sit and wait and see what else. Um, I don't have any more like updates on to uh, like why it's all of a sudden called bullet club um you know i i can't support um hikaleo's patreon if you guys didn't know hikaleo has a patreon um where he gives you behind the scenes access to a lot of things um and so yeah um i don't have that so i can't really give you guys more info but we could just go on kayfabe right guys like we could just do kayfabe um so, yeah. Um, this is definitely going to be interesting. Now, I know that that segment was short because I don't really have much of, uh, much of anything to go by. Um, let me see something. We can definitely talk a little bit about um, Hyper Battle. So I should technically wrap up here 
uh, New Japan Cup. We probably can, we probably should do that. Um, we probably should do that. Oh yeah, and by the way, if you are watching uh, the stream by any chance, you guys can definitely leave your questions, your comments, anything that you want to do. Um, Okay. Um Let's switch pictures to this one. Oh yeah, so you know what? I'm just going to put this graphic up because I really 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 love this graphic. This is the graphic I was talking about that um come April 10th it is going to be uh New Japan Pro Wrestling Mutiny um and this is like a first time ever it's like what is happening universe what is happening world um about this uh super great super awesome um it's Hikaleo versus Jay White I would never thought this was going to happen um uh, maybe eventually it would if if uh jay would ever leave bullet club and all that but you know this is a beautiful a beautiful um graphic beautiful graphic um anyway yeah i just wanted to have that up there beautiful graphic uh let me get the picture that i'm looking for Oh, I have the hyper battle picture too. Okay. So I don't really need to like go very far. Let's talk about the New Japan Cup. Let me just wrap it up on my uh Twitch channel because I wrapped it up um on uh Smack the Rock Pods uh Twitch channel. So, you know, let me officially wrap it up here because then, you know, I I would have to go back uh to it. Um, but yeah, other than that, just give me a second here. All right, so. As you know, on March 27th, uh, New Japan Cup uh, wrapped up the finals. It was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus uh, Naito. And surprisingly, Naito lost against Zack Sabre Jr., which is surprising. Um, it's surprising to me. I was hoping that Osprey would have came in and messed up the match only because Osprey didn't tap uh, when he fought Zack Sabre Jr. Um, and so if he was that mad... Like, he should have came in, destroyed Zack Zaber Jr., and definitely, like, you know, um, talked some more shit, because he was doing that before. Um, and so, I'm not so thrilled that Zack Zaber Jr. is uh, our New Japan Cup winner, uh, just because, like, you know, 
Zach comes off as a dickhead. Um, everyone says it, and you know, I don't know if, if he's just playing a character or that's just really him, but he comes off as a dickhead, and then his attitude, I just can't really like um get over it. You know, I'd rather go hang out with Osprey over Zach Xavier Jr. That's just me. I'd rather go hang out with Osprey than than Zach. Um the other thing too is that you guys know if you were here when I was doing the review for the New Japan Cup back at the beginning of March and I was saying the reason why Tama needed it um and the story that could have happened from it but no um it didn't fucking happen that way, right? So again, sometimes I question why do I like go really in depth into New Japan Pro Wrestling when like nothing turns out how I want it. <laughs> All of my fantasy booking like doesn't really happen. I'm here like, what's the point? This is the second time that I tried booking the New Japan Cup and nobody wins. Nobody, nobody that I want wins, I should say. Um, so yeah, so what's the point, man? But it was fun telling you guys the story as to why I want Tama to win, why I think it would have been a very great uh final battle between uh Tama and Fale, especially if I knew that Fale was going to, like, um, turn on Tama anyway and turn on family. So it just made sense. Story-wise, it made sense. And I I really want baby faces to be strong and smart. Um, I don't want baby faces to be fucking idiots um, just because, you know, they're baby faces, especially in a situation where, like, yeah, I get it that like Tama and Loa and Jada were all um caught off guard when um you know the whole attack happened and they really weren't expecting it. So like for a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks, um, you know, in their mind, they're like, what the fuck happened? They have more questions than answers. And then fucking bullet club backstage comments are so fucking childish that they don't give answers. So it makes everything a little bit harder and a little and everybody has to go. A little bit more without answers. Um, but yeah, I totally get that it was going to take them a couple of days to, you know, get back to themselves. And I think now they're back to themselves after joining up with Hantai um, or main units, as we're probably going to call them and not just call them Hantai all the time. Um, because I know someone out there is going to make a hentai joke. Um, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for the hentai joke, guys. I really am. <laughs> Just because it's it's hentai. But, you know, if anything, we'll just say Tanahashi's group. That That is what we're going to do. Tanahashi's group. Um, that has Master Wado and Taguchi. Um, but yeah. Uh, so now that Tama and Loa and Jado found a little home. A very unsuspecting home really, I guess we could say unsuspecting, or just even like, you know, who knew, right? Who knew this was going to happen? Um, so yeah, uh, now that they found a little home and you can hear it in Tama's voice, the last backstage comments that Tama did, um, where Tama basically explained that, um, he knows all the Bullet Club tactics. He was Bullet Club at one point. So was T, who's Loa. Um, I believe he wants people to start calling start calling him T. Maybe. 
I don't know. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, Tama knows all these things. And I was saying this before that even on Twitter, I was saying this and on my podcast, I was saying this, I was saying that Tama knows everyone's weakness. Tama is the most dangerous wrestler there is. And kicking him out of the bullet club was a really bad decision because now he knows how to get to people. He knows how to, you know, anticipate the bullet club tactics. The only difference, well, I can't say difference. The only thing is that he has to have eyes in the back of his head. He has to be thinking probably now 10 steps ahead of the other guys. Um, rather than like five, rather than like three or four or whatever. <clears throat> but Tama has to go into it in a tactical pursuit. And you know what? If I'm not going to be talking about Zach until a little bit longer, I'm going to be talking about Tama in the group. So Zach. Um, Zach, get out of here. <laughs> um, I don't have the one with Tanahashi yet. It's it's in my my folders, but um, yeah, um, you know, uh, Tama just needs to, Tama and Lower need to attack this in a very strategic way, where um, you know, they catch Bullet Club off guard, um, and Jado helping, um, and realizing what he needs to do and get Gato away. And just divide the numbers, you know? Um, we all know from the very beginning that Bullet Club is very strong when it comes to numbers. Um, now that Tama is growing his numbers by siding with Tana, Taguchi, and Master Wado, <clears throat> uh, you know, he could basically do it. But again, they're probably going to play up the whole babyface versus heel shit. Um, but... I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, Tama is now, you know, getting back into the mindset of he has to take them out no matter what. Everyone is going to fucking pay no matter what. Um, it's just a matter of how to maneuver your ideas, your strategies in order for Bullet Club to be off guard. Because most likely, like, you would think that this would just cancel each other out because everyone is Bullet Club and everyone knows the tactics. But... Sometimes when you're on the outside looking in, your perspective changes. You think outside the box. You don't necessarily like, um, you know, are grounded to that bullet club mentality now that you're outside the club. And I just want nothing but the best for <clears throat> this storyline to pick up the storyline to really, you know, uh, be the best thing that it can be and be amazing. Um, because this storyline has definitely got me back into what the Square Circle podcast was all about. And that's breaking down these stories for you guys to understand it and appreciate it more. And then we could always do conspiracy theories. We could always like talk about the what ifs and everything like that. So that's why I really enjoy this whole entire story and how it's coming together and everything like that. Um, there's nothing new to like really report on this bullet club drama story. Um, you know, uh, 
yeah, there's really nothing for me to report. So uh, let's go back to Zach. So I noticed something about Zack Zaber Jr. when he wrestles, right? So when he was facing Shingo Takagi, and Zack Zaber Jr. was on Shingo Takagi's back, giving him a uh, a sleeper hold. Uh, so um, Shingo Takagi decided to go up to the second rope, um, and then decide to fall back, and Zack let go of his choke onto um shingo <clears throat> however uh zach Zaber jr automatically reapplied the hold without selling the shock wave that his body would have received once that impact would have happened and i'm just like yo that's not cool that's i i get that sometimes wrestlers have that warrior instinct that lion's instinct and just that wrestler's instinct to continue going through pain but you are technically, um, you know, absorbing that shock and Zack Zaber Jr. doesn't have that much muscle mass on him to just really absorb everything and continue to reapply the hold. Uh, so I thought that, um, you know, losing the Shingo was not a good idea. <laughs> that was like, oh, man. Um, and then he did, did the same thing with um, with Naito. Uh, the same thing where he absorbed... Um, some shock and stuff like that and still reapply a hole or something or whatever it was. Um, but it was something to the same effect that he did with Shingo. And I just don't believe that he can do that because, again, he doesn't have that much muscle mass in order to just absorb the shock and then that's it. Um, you know, I, I always ask this question about, like... Um, you know, uh, why is it that Zach proudly proclaims that he's a vegan? And when he gets his ass kicked, he's always the one crawling on his hands and knees to go to the back. But his opponent can definitely walk out on their own two feet and be okay. Like, why is that? I don't get it. Um, don't get me wrong. Zach Zaber Jr. is fantastic in the ring. I respect his in-ring ability. I just don't respect um, the way he goes about certain things, uh, the tiny little things that he can definitely fix um, and whatnot. But, you know, uh, he's 100% vegan, so he's not really going to listen to me. So, yeah, that's as much as I'm going to go with Zack Zaber Jr. Um, if he does take the belt off of Okada, I don't know how I feel about that. But then again, I don't mind if the belt changes hands. Um, I just need Osprey to come in and like beat the shit out of him. That's all I need. I need uh Osprey to come in, beat the shit out of him, and you know, that's about it. But yeah. Um let's move on to Hyper Battle. So after the um, New Japan Cup, our next sort of mini uh, tour is called Hyper Battle. I don't know why they named it Hyper Battle. They could have did Power Struggle. They could have did something else. You know, um, this just gives a break in between New Japan Cup and Best of the Super Juniors. Best of the Super Juniors is definitely happening March 14th. 
um, which is going to showcase the juniors. Uh, hopefully, we could get some like really good names into it um, rather than just the the Japanese guys. Um, but anyway, let's talk about Hyper Battle. This is night two of Hyper Battle. Night one is has like warm up matches, basically warm up uh, multi man matches. But night two has like the belts and other things uh, for contendership. Um, let me bring you guys up to speed about like the stories and like where we're heading. Um, so talking about Zack Sabre Jr., uh, Zack Sabre Jr. gets his title shot at Hyper Battle. Uh, Hyper Battle starts April 9th, so that's when New Japan picks up. Right now, they just have like a week off uh, to recuperate and everything. Everybody fought like really hard battles. Um, or they might be doing some house shows that are not announced and will not be shown because their TV crew for TV Ashia. I know I should say it right, but the, the TV crew of New Japan Pro Wrestling of Bushido Road does not travel outside certain uh, districts and places. So they do not record really those those um, those things, uh, those those shows, which is which is sucky. It really is it's sucky. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about uh, Hyper Battle. Uh Again, Zack Sabre Jr. has his IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title match against Okada, who is our reigning IWGP champion. Um, this basically, I honestly hope that Okada retains. I honestly hope that oh, um, Osprey comes in and ruins this match. Uh, you know, if Zack Sabre Jr. gets the belt, cool. That's awesome. I still want Osprey to come in and chase the belt. Uh, for right now. But do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, that um, Tama has his win over Okada during the G1. So whenever this happens, Tama is next in line for that tight for that championship title. So that's why I want Okada to still remain champion. And yes, I know Naito beat Okada during the New Japan Cup, which is unheard of. So Okada does have his um, title opportunity as well. So New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you are listening to me, please make it a triple threat match where it is Okada versus Naito versus Tama for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title match. Make it a triple threat. You guys don't really do triple threat matches as much. So just make it a triple threat. Whoever wins, wins. And I would love to see it. Again, let's put that IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title on the line where we have Okada taking on Naito, taking on Tamatanga. People will pay to see that. You know, people will pay to see that. Um... Moving over to the other side, uh, we have our um, IWGP Junior Heavyweight uh, Championship match of El Desperado taking on Show. If I'm going to be honest, House of Torture needs to get the boot out of 
uh, Bullet Club because it makes no sense to have House of Torture inside Bullet Club. It really doesn't. Um, Evo does what he wants anyway, so why the fuck is he there in Bullet Club? It makes no sense. It's probably there just to increase numbers and just to increase Bullet Club stock. Um, but so far, um, having show in uh, Bullet Club, yo, he is so adorable that when he cheats, I don't get upset. Whenever Evil and Dick Togo cheats, I'm like, why the fuck are they cheating? Like, do we really need this? No, we don't really need it, dude. Like, you know, just stop for a second. Um, but other than that, like, whenever Show cheats, um, it's so adorable. So I can't take him seriously. Uh, and Show is so good in the ring too that it's just like, bro, I can't go against you. You know, um, I really can't go against them. Um, El Desperado is definitely a fantastic wrestler. Like, I love watching him wrestle. I love hearing him talk Japanese because it just sounds so smooth and, like, at some point sexy. So, you know, it's it's really nice to hear him talk Japanese. As far as this match coming together, right, this is what happened. For the longest, Sho has been coming out to El Desperado's matches and really, like, fucking him up. The same way that I want Osprey to fuck up Zack Zaber Jr. is the same way that Show has been going after El Desperado for the past couple of weeks, maybe a month now, and has really been like, hey, I want a title shot. I want a title shot. So he's just attacking him and letting him know I want a title shot. Finally, El Desperado is like, yo, this can't keep happening where people attack him for wanting something and you know eventually end up getting it like that's not how it's supposed to go but it was kind of entertaining it was kind of interesting it's like all right cool here's show show is coming out to attack out desperado and we're gonna see what happens so management finally put this match together and this is where this is how we came to it show just kept attacking El desperado and got what he wanted um because that's what bullet club does bullet club beats people down um, until they basically surrender, give up, and give in to their demands. Show, show's demand, ow. Show's demand was El Desperado, I want that championship title match. That's all it was. Um, as for who I want to win, as much as I love watching El Desperado and uh, support him, I would like Show to win the championship belt. And by the way, it is for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship belt. I should say title rather than belt. Now, the next match is a tag team match. Um, This is Goto and Yoshihashi. They are the IWGP World Heavyweight uh, tag team champions. They are taking on the team of uh, Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan of the United Empire. And again, the same story that granted show his uh, title shot is the same way that they uh, granted it uh, for the United Empire versus uh, Chaos. Goto and Yoshihashi are Chaos members. So remember that. Um, so yeah. After the New Japan Cup on the 27th, um, Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan basically just beat down Yoshihashi and Goto. Bam, they got the championship title match. Um, and I think this is sort of like compensation for 
you know, having Will uh, get out of the New Japan Cup and him being frustrated and all of us fans being frustrated that the United Empire gets this wonderful momentum. Uh, but then all of a sudden, it's like they fucking lose when the momentum is getting good. The United Empire is such a dominant force in New Japan Pro Wrestling that I'm not, I don't know why they don't want to pull the trigger again. They gave Osprey the belt. Osprey was great with it because when you give him something, he fucking delivers. Uh, when you give Jeff Cobb the spotlight they gave him in the G1, he delivers. When you give the Great Okan the spotlight in the G1, he, he delivers. The same thing with Aaron Hanare. When you give Aaron Hanare the spotlight, he fucking delivers. And it's like New Japan, the, the United Empire delivers. TJP is part of uh, the United Empire, and he delivers as well. Um, and then the Aussie tag team that I know nothing about. Um, obviously, if uh, Osprey sees something in them, then I guess they they deliver. But I really don't know much about the Aussie team that he has. Um, other than that, like every single person of the United Empire basically delivers. But yet then they don't, you know, they they stop their momentum. And I hate that shit. Um, who I want to win in this match? Obviously, I want uh, Jeff Cobb and the Great Ocon to win in this match. But... We know that's probably not going to happen. Yoshihashi and Goto sort of just got those IWGP World Heavyweight Championship titles. Um, so most likely the office is going to keep them on chaos. Um, and then the United Empire is going to have to, you know, do some more weeks, do some more tours about, uh, you know, um, you know, getting their momentum back up there. Now we come to one of my favorite matches, and I'm so happy this match is happening. It is Evil versus Hiromu for that never open weight championship title. Here is my problem with Evil being a fucking double champion. Yes, you heard me right. Evil is a double champion. Evil not only holds that uh, never open weight championship title that you see on his shoulder, but he is also the never open weight uh, six man tag team championship um, champion as well. Uh, which it's him, show, and uh, usual. Usual. Uh, those three are the uh, six man never open weight champions um and they really haven't done much with it and i was really thinking that you know um it would be great storytelling if tama t and uh jado take those uh six man titles off of house of torture um and that would be just a ego blow to uh bullet club and house of torture and maybe jay would get upset and then we get more story and then that'd be great but is new japan listening to me Maybe. Maybe they are. I don't know. Um, but I would definitely like that to happen because then that, you know, that works with story. It makes sense with story, but that's not happening right now. Um, but I really hope that Hiromu takes the Never Championship title off of uh, Evil. Another thing I don't like is that long ago, uh, because Jay is staying over here in the United States, Jay had the Never Openweight Championship title and they should have left it on him. So that way, when he does these tours of the Open Challenge, 
it would be so much better. It would be so much, uh, you know, better to watch his matches. I'm not saying that his open challenge matches are bad or anything. Like Jay puts on a hell of a hell of performance, and he does not really give you a bad match. Like his matches are top tier, fucking quality matches. But imagine with the championship title at stake, because then you're trying to wonder who's going to take that championship off of him. He fought Ishii. That was one-sided. Uh, they love putting Ishii versus Jay White all the fucking time. And I'm like, yo, I don't really want to see that all the time. But they put it, they put them together. And Jay lost the title at... It wasn't Resurgence. It was the one after Resurgence that he uh, that he lost it at. And so, yeah, he lost the title, went to Ishii. Ishii lost it to uh, Evil, and here we are. We're here with Evil versus Hiromu. The only reason why this is happening is because Hiromu beat Evil at the New Japan Cup with Evil's finisher, Everything is Evil, which is amazing. And then on the 27th, uh, the last day of the, of the New Japan Cup, there was a tag team match. No, hold on. Before that. Oh, no. I'm getting my stories mixed up. Because I know that there was another multi-man match where Hiromu decided to do, again, everything's evil to Dick Togo while um, uh, Evil was in the corner watching it. Uh, the only reason why I'm getting the stories mixed up because I know that Bushi and like Hiromu came out for a tag match, uh, but uh, Osprey and Hinari also came out, but Osprey grabbed the mic and was started talking shit and was like, yo, we're not doing this tag match that he's boycotting it. It's canceled. But then here comes Hiromu with a uh, running dropkick to Osprey and then the match began. And yeah, I'm mixing everything up. But again, the reason why this is happening is because Hiromu got the victory over Evil in, in the New Japan Cup by beating Evil with his finisher, Everything is Evil. Um, I really want Hiromu to take the championship title off of uh, Evil. I really, really do. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. The next one... Man, okay, so... As you guys know, I have to get in my one fuck Yano uh, saying just because. This match of Yano versus Taichi is for the King of Pro Wrestling trophy. Again, it's not even for a fucking title, but oh well, it's hyper battle. It's okay. Um, so how we got here is... Um, Ever since uh, Taichi was eliminated from the New Japan Cup, um, Taichi has been teaming with uh, uh, Yoshinobu of Suzuki-gun. And basically, they've been having tag team matches, and Yano has been in every single tag team match. Yano has been having different partners uh, throughout those tag team matches. And Yano thinks it's funny to try to get the one-up on... Uh, tai Chi by removing Tai Chi's pants. So for those of you that have never seen Tai Chi before, uh, he's basically the holy emperor of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you could think of him like a uh, like a K-pop, J-pop uh, idol. 
he comes out in the whole entire gimmick as you see there and he has rip away uh pants and the only time that he like rips them away is when uh it's getting down to the final moments of like you know trying to get the victory of uh the match uh so basically um yano thinks it's smart to rip them off ahead of time and try to uh get tai chi like unbalanced and out of character um and it has worked a couple of times i think it has but this is where we're at yano is basically making fun of tai chi doing uh sumo wrestling sometimes in the matches so tai chi got fed up and this is the match that we're going to be having at hyper at hyper, hyper battle at hyper battle excuse me uh so yeah that's how we got there and then we have a tag team match this is for the iwgp junior heavyweight tag team uh titles um the team of taguchi and master wado who's part of main unit and hontai with uh tanahashi their tag team name is six or nine it's a tai chi thing no it's not a tai chi thing i'm so sorry it's a it, it's a taguchi thing <laughs> They are taking on the former IWGP Junior Heavyweight uh, Champions, um, which is uh, Taiji Ishimori and uh, El Phantasmo. The only reason why this is happening now is because of the same process. Uh, Taiji and um, El Phantasmo have been attacking Taguchi and Master Wado for the past couple of months. Uh, even when uh, Taguchi and Master Wado came in for the uh, save for uh, the Gorillas of Destiny and Jado, um, so yeah, same thing, kept beating them up and eventually they got their title shot. Um, also there was an original match anyway, between these two teams and, uh, Tiger Mask and, uh, Robbie Eagles at the time. And El Phantasma was then exposed by having a metal plate in his boot because whenever he does a uh, sudden death, which is a super kick, but it knocks you out completely. Once uh, that got exposed, uh, he was having doubts about if he could ever do a super kick. So most of the members in Bullet Club had to pick up the slack for him. And so now, after kicking out Tama and T and Jado, he somehow miraculously got over that. Which, by the way, no one has been telling the story about it. And I'm like, why is no one, you know, talking about this? Um, so yeah, I don't fucking get it. Anyway, um, other than that, uh, we're here now because of Taiji Bullet, um, El Phantasmo implementing Bullet Club tactics to get what they want. So we are here, and what I would like is, um, Taguchi and Masawato to retain the titles. I do not want Bullet Club to have the titles, uh, you know. Taguchi and Masawato just got it, and they're doing a phenomenal job as a tag team anyway. Um, so, yeah. That's my preview to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Hyper Battle. Um, so, I don't think I have anything else to cover. Uh, nothing interesting is showing up on my Twitter timeline, so that way I could talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely not going to be talking about WrestleMania, so you can save your breath for that. Um, but I will say that um, I will be taking another short break 
when I come back, we are just going to be watching some wrestling matches, some random wrestling matches. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be um, fantastic. So, yeah, for anyone watching live in the chat, again, if you have any comments, questions, or anything like that, just drop them in the uh, the chat, and I will read them and everything, but that's my analysis on AEW, AEW Dynamite, and that Dynamite basically can't um, continue to throw shit at the wall and think that they're going to get good ratings and just think that everything's going to be okay. Eventually, this is going to backfire on them. We talked about uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We talked about New Japan um, Pro Wrestling uh, Strong, uh, Lone Star, which is happening sometime this week of Dallas. Um, and then New Japan Strong uh, Mutiny and trying to get you guys up to date with all the Bullet Club G.O.D. Um, nonsense that's going on here and also in Japan. And then spoke a little bit about Hyper Battle. Um, but again, I will be taking a quick break. When I come back, we are watching uh, professional wrestling matches. So make sure to tell a friend and uh, be here when I get back. You guys are definitely going to be listening to um some music in the meantime but yeah let's take that quick break let's have that stretch break and i'll be right back Talk that talk. 